You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. writing to all who have been called by God the Father, who loves you and keeps you safe in the care of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more mercy, peace, and love. I always thank God when I remember you in my prayers because I hear of your love and of the faith you have toward Jesus. I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. When I moved to San Antonio right out of college, I made a habit of sending postcards to my friends that were in ministry. And they'd be postcards of the Alamo or the Riverwalk or the Missions or the Tower of Americas or something Spurs related and just a little, hey, thinking of you from San Antonio. Well, one day I ended up getting this phone call from my friend Mark that was a minister in Las Vegas. And he said, man, you got me. I said, what are you talking about? He was like, that postcard that you sent. Well, I'd also send funny, probably juvenile postcards as well. And, and Mark was the same way. He enjoyed a good laugh. We, we both enjoy making fun of different things and making fun of ourselves. Well, he said his secretary got this postcard and started showing the staff and made sure everyone knew. And he's like, man, we were all laughing. And he said, I just thought I'd give you a call. And so we ended up spending several minutes catching up on life and, and just talking about ministry, just through a little postcard that brought a little connection. Can, can I just tell you, I miss the day and age where we would send and receive postcards, where I'd get a postcard from someone uh, traveling. Maybe they went to the Grand Canyon and you'd see this picture, or someone went to maybe the Rocky Mountains and you'd see these beautiful pictures. And someone would just say, hey, just thinking of you as I'm on this trip, the days before social media, of course, uh, where you couldn't see. Uh, it, it was our opportunity to kind of see what was going on in people's lives. Well, we are in a series called New Testament Postcards, small books with a big message. And today we're looking at Second John. And in the Greek, it's about 300 words. And I just picture uh, this book kind of being pictured or being put on a little postcard. I mean, John's cramming everything he can, he can into this little small postcard, but it's got a powerful message, a big message. One that encourages us to love God, to love others, to embrace the truth, to be on the watch out for deceivers. Uh, he encourages us to be obedient. And so as we dig in, who was the author of 2 John? Well, if you guessed John, you were correct. Actually, our text says John the Elder, which was most likely the Apostle John. That's what many scholars think. And who was the audience? Because when we're studying scripture, we want to know who the author was, and we also want to know who the audience was. Well, if we look in the text, it says, to the chosen lady and her children. 
And now this has been a, a, a debatable line in, in John for a long time. Lots of books and articles have been written about this. Some people, some scholars would say, well, yes, it was to a lady and her children. Others would say, actually, this is a metaphor for the church. And scholars who believe this would point out to the end of the book where it says, the children of your sister who is chosen of God send their greetings. And they'd say, well, that's a little odd that John would say, hey, your nieces and nephews are sending greetings. Why wouldn't they do that on their own? And so they would say that this points to the church. They would also point out that God's people are often described with female terms. Jerusalem, the daughter, uh, daughter of Zion, a, a mother, a, a virgin. The church is described as the bride of Christ. And so whether it was literally a, a, a woman uh, and her family or whether this represents the church, I still think there's a lot of things that we can apply to our life today. Now, when we're looking at 2 John, I think it's important that we read 1 John and 3 John. And I would encourage you to do that this week. That way you can really get the total context of everything that's going on. So let's dig in. Verse 4, how happy I was to meet some of your children and find them living according to the truth, just as the Father commanded. Now, according to the truth. That's very important for John. We see truth mentioned about 20 times in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, over and over and over. He's concerned about the truth, us keeping the truth, about us uh, living our lives according to the truth. And there's some people in this family or in this church family that, man, that's what they've been doing. They've been living life according to the truth. Now, on the other hand, we're going to see a little bit later that there's some people that were not, that they're deceivers, and we got to watch out for them. I think we can relate to this, right? Because in our culture, there's some people who are trying to live according to the truth, but we also deal with, well, what is truth in the first place? I mean, truth, we can make truth to be whatever it wants, want, or whatever we want it to be in our culture, and people are fine with that. And so, as Christians, sometimes it's difficult because we say, well, actually, the truth that we live in, we believe in absolute truth. We want to follow Jesus. We want to follow his word. And it kind of puts us in some hard positions. I find that sometimes because of this, that often Christians fall into two camps. They're either gatekeepers of the truth or guides of the truth. Now, gatekeepers, they're concerned about protecting the truth at all costs. They don't want the truth to be uh, polluted. They want to make sure that we're always living according to the truth. And I, I applaud their heart. I think that's a good thing. But because of that, because they're so concerned about protecting the truth, they often put obstacles in the way of people coming to know the truth. They would say things such as, well, you can't become a Christian if you do A, B, and C. Or to become a Christian, you need to act this way. And so in the process of uh, trying to protect the truth, they actually cause obstacle, ob obstacles uh, to people coming to know Jesus Christ. Now, often they also, in the process of this, they end up doing more harm than good because many times gatekeepers tend to be angry and frustrated and they tend to lash out. And in the process, the world ends up knowing what Christians are against more than what they're for. The world will say, oh, Christians are against this and against that and against this, instead of actually knowing what we're for. And we're going to see that John warns us that we need to love. We need to love people. We need to love God. On the other hand, there are guides. We are to be guides of the truth. And when I think about guides, those are people who point you uh, to something, that guide you to something. And I think about some of the spiritual guides in my life. 
They've shown me different characteristics of God that I've never seen before. They show me something in scripture that helps me grow closer to God. They, they help me figure out how to cope in this crazy world uh, and, and still keep, uh, keep my peace in the process of this. And so I want to ask you, I want to ask you, are you more of a gatekeeper or are you more of a guide? Well, we want to be a great example to people. And we want to definitely protect the truth, but we also want to make sure that we're pointing people to the truth. And we want to do this in love. And we see this in, uh, in verse 5. It says, I'm reminding, writing to remind you, dear, dear friends, that we should love one another. Key phrase. You'll see it in 1 John. You'll also see it in 3 John. You'll see it uh, in this book again. This is not a new commandment. This isn't something new that you've learned. It's been around, but one that we've had from the beginning. Love means doing what God has commanded us. He has commanded us to love one another, just as you've heard from the beginning. Again, we are to love one another. Sounds easy, but it's difficult, right, at times? But what is love? Have you ever thought about that? What is love? We use that term all the time. I love pizza, or I love Chinese food, or I love this car, or I love this type of music, or I love this movie. But what is love? How would you define love? How would our culture define love? Chip Ingram was telling a story when he first became a minister. He had a man walk into his office. He said, hey, my wife met this other man at the gym and has decided to leave me and go live with him. She says she loves me, but she's going to move in with him instead. I think most of us would say that that's not very loving. Most of us would say, most of us realize that love is more than a positive feeling or something that we feel. That love also has to do with our actions. We can say that we love someone all day long, but do our actions say the same thing? See, love and actions kind of go hand in hand, right? But when we love God, we also see that there's a connection between love and obedience. And we often don't talk about that part. I mean, right before Jesus' death, he's told his disciples in John 14, 15. He says, if you love me, obey my commands. Love and obedience go hand in hand. John 14, 21. Those who accept my commandments obey them and are the ones who love me. Because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Again, love and obedience. We love God. We can't help but want to become more like him and do things that God calls us to do. Matthew 22, verse 36. Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your soul, or with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is what, this is the first and the greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all of the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Jesus makes it clear that if we truly love him, we will show it by obeying his commands. To love him and to love others. To show the world what God is like. When we obey him, we're actually displaying God. Now, the kind of obedience that God, this kind of obedience to God isn't just some kind of external act where we strive to do the right thing and somehow earn his favor. It shouldn't flow, it shouldn't flow out of guilt or just to try to put a performance on for people. It should be a, just a natural outflowing of our love for him. Chip Ingram would say, obedience is the organ through which intimacy with God is obtained. 
And see, the more we love God, the more that we become closer to Him and the more that we look like Him. And, and, and we see in Scripture that love is not always easy. We, we love even when we don't feel like it. We love the co-worker who makes themselves the center of attention. We love the family member who is loud and obnoxious and causes drama in our family. We love our enemies. We love those people who cut us off in traffic. That's pretty difficult, right? But we're called to love. And Jesus calls the community of believers to love over and over again. And then he says in 2 John, starting at verse 7, he says, says this. He says, watch out for false teachers. I say this because many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world, and any such person is a deceiver, the Antichrist. And watch out that you do not lose what we have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. Who are these deceivers? These people do not acknowledge that Jesus came in the flesh. They wouldn't say he was Emmanuel, God with us. They wouldn't celebrate Christmas because that's the time that we celebrate that God came into the world, that Jesus came into the world, his birth. He's like, Be, watch out for them. There's people who teach this way. 1 John 4, starting at verse 1, gives us this warning as well. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ had come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. Now, some of you may think this is silly. I mean, of course Jesus came in the flesh. But if you look in our society, if you look in our world, many people deny that. Or they paint their own little picture of Jesus. And even in the church world, we often talk about the deity of God or the deity of Jesus, but we don't talk about his humanity. We don't talk as much about how he knows hurt and pain and trials. How he lived on this earth and he knows everything that we've been through. He knows temptation. I think we also have to be aware that we, there are deceivers out there. That they don't teach the truth. There's people that will twist things and, and try to make it sound a certain way, but it's not the truth. I, I just want to name some of these false gospels, some of these false Jesuses that people uh, maybe worship or fall, fall into. I think you've probably seen some of these. I'm going to hit these pretty quickly, so kind of hold on, put on your seatbelt. There's the prosperity gospel who wants, wants you to be happy, healthy, and wealthy. There's the signs and wonders Jesus that teaches you that if you were truly saved, you would see miracles all the time. You'd always be healed and all of your family members would be healed. You just need to have enough faith. There's the good guy Jesus who didn't atone for your sins, but he just set a good example for us to follow. So we just need to follow Jesus' example, his, his behavior. There's the moralism, Jesus, that teaches that the point of the gospel is to make you good people. We're saved by being good, decent, moral people. That, that's all you need to do is just be good and, and, and moral and, and decent people. There's the self-help Jesus that teaches that Jesus died to make us the best version of, of yourself, that you weren't really a sinner, but you just need a little help. And, and if you just get a little help, Jesus is all about self-help. And there's the religion Jesus who teaches that we are saved uh, by our works and Jesus. We need Jesus, but we need to plus do some other things to, 
to get into heaven, to be with him. And there's the Mormon Jesus that, who is, that says that Jesus is the half-brother of Satan, and there's a whole host of other things in Mormonism that uh, isn't, isn't correct, and we don't have time to go into that today. And there's the American Jesus where God only blesses America. Everything is about America. It's not about making disciples of all nations. God only cares about America. It's not about the kingdom of God. And you may be saying, hey, I, I was okay with the other ones, but, but I like America, and, 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 and I like being patriotic, and, and, and I do too. But we also have to realize we have a big God that loves the whole world and loves everything and he also it's not just being a citizen of this country but it's also us being a citizen of the kingdom of god and we're going to look different than being a citizen of of america at times but there are some people that god is all about america and that's it and, and i think there's a danger in that and, and we have to be aware of that there's also the political jesus who supports every item on our political agenda and opposes everything on the other side of the aisle. And so basically Jesus is all about whatever political uh, beliefs that you have. And, and it's kind of like political, uh, our political beliefs. And then we add Jesus to it. And that way we feel a little bit better. There's some people that kind of fall into that category. There's the racist Jesus that teaches Jesus only cares about one race. And, and they handpick verses to support that. And and we've seen that happen time and time again in our country where people will take verses out of context to support this. Uh, and they care about their race and that's it. And, and there's just, they're just racist when it comes down to it. And there's the social justice Jesus that teaches that we are to feed the poor and help the sick and, and minister to those who are being victimized, which sounds spiritual and is spiritual because the Bible teaches those things. And, and that's what we teach here at Castle Hills. But if we just do those things without Jesus, without preaching Jesus and, and being an example of Jesus, then that's actually just doing good works. And so we have to be careful that when we're doing those things, that we're also in the process of, of sharing the gospel with other people. See, love doesn't deny the truth. Love doesn't deny what's true, even if, it's, even if it doesn't feel good, even if you have to have hard conversations. And as a church, we want to be guides to truth. We want to guide people. We, we want to show love and compassion and point them to Jesus through our actions and through the way that we live, through our words. And we also have to be aware that there are false gospels out there. We have to be aware that there are things out there that people are preaching and teaching. And we need to be aware of that. And I want to encourage you, you need to continue to open up your Bible and study anything that's preached from the stage we want you to look in Scripture and make sure, hey, yeah, that's actually what the gospel says. Ronnie's just not making that up from Ronnie chapter 12. We want to be a church that's Bible-centric. We believe that this is the truth, and God uses it to help us to become more like Him. And so I want to encourage you. Are you being a guide to the truth? I, when, we, when people look at your life, are you pointing people to the truth, and are you doing that in love? 